Gonna Go Pizza presents The Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. That uh, individual mistake cost the game late, late in the game, but you, you look, the effort, there's a lot of positive uh, with our young group. We believe that uh, as a coach, I thought he could have a better decision at the blue line and move the puck behind and he put himself in a tough position. We play as a team, and uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, at the end of the game, uh, uh, when we don't play as a team, we could be in trouble, and this is what happened. And everybody takes a collective inhale ah. of oxygen and then exhale, and Leaf fans love it. Montreal fans hate it. Speaking of which... The birthday boy, Andrew Berkshire! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Your team is a gong show! Pretty bad. And our team is too! Woo! At least it's intentional. Yeah, hey, we did ours on purpose, but Andrew, it's nice to be in the same boat with you, buddy. Andrew Berkshire, writer on Sportsnet.ca, uh, obviously based out of Montreal, Habs writer. Uh, and sports logic. How much, how much are you loving this right now, buddy? Oh, yeah, you know, it's a great thing to see. It's fun to watch your coach throw your best players under the bus repeatedly. Very fun. Well, and that was the that was the fun part about today was I, oh. I looked at that and I thought, I thought that's almost like blaming Carey Price for being injured. Like you do trip with the puck from time to time, do you not? Yeah. And the other thing is that if you go back to January 21st when Mark Bergevin gave his vote of confidence to Michel Therrien, he said that the team was playing not to lose and playing not to make mistakes. And when you do that, you make mistakes and you lose. So he said, we have to play to win. Can you think of anything more descriptive of P.K. Subban than playing to win? Because that's exactly what he was doing there. And what happened? The coach benches him and then publicly calls him out. And he didn't just say it was a bad play. There was more to it that he said in French. He actually said that he is a selfish player who above the team. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. S- see, this is what I love about Andrew. Andrew, you speak French, right? No, I don't. A lot of it's translated for me. But oh, okay. He lives in Montreal, does not speak French. That's got to be yeah, rough. The Quebec government hates you. <laughs> How much do Quebecers hate you? Seriously. I mean, it depends who you ask. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> but, enough. But no, we've had this conversation before. Like, the craziest stuff breaks about the Habs in French, and for whatever reason, it just doesn't seem to seep over. True. Us yeah. us dirty English uh, never seem to get the message. That's crazy. Well, so, it, so go it ahead. Has, it had a pretty good run today on, like, local radio, I, and I thought what Rui Ferraro said earlier today was, like, perfect. He said there's nothing worse you can say about a player than to call them selfish. And he said that if that was him to be called selfish, that would have been, like, the ultimate insult. And he, he just couldn't believe that a coach would do that in a lost season to his best skater. And, like, P.K. Subban has 19 points in the last 19 games. Like, he's been the only guy who's been legitimately great. See? No. Slump. Selfish. And, Hogging all the yeah. points to yeah, himself. Yeah, exactly. Spread those around, P.K. <laughs> no kidding. Uh-huh. Uh, Andrew, another uh, birthday present just came across the wire. While you were talking and while oh. we were recording this, P.A. Parento scored for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah! Way to go! Hey! Hey! Oh, wait, they might call it back. Are they reviewing it? 
I hey, let, let's not spot for PA let's not get into details here. Let's, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know what? The puck, PA put the puck in the net. It doesn't matter if it counted. So, Andrew, here's here's what I want to know, and Steve, I want to know this from you too. And, and is there a is there a chance that? And by the way, I want to say this: Canadians had a apparently a ninety minute grueling practice today, so they bag skated them. Oh, oh, all because was, of PK. That was after the last game. They canceled practice today. Oh, that's okay. right. Oh, so yeah, that is right. It was supposed to be outside or something, wasn't it? I, I'm not sure. All I know is that everybody in the media was like, yeah, no wonder they canceled practice. Like, nobody wants to talk to us today. Yeah, I don't. I don't, can't say I blame them. Um, now, okay, I, I guess what bugged me about this play was that you, you, you see the replay of PK going down, but what you don't see is Match Patch Max Pacioretty blowing the coverage on Matt Duchesne. Yeah. And it was a three on three going the other way. So it's not as though PK wasn't covered. When he pinched like that, they did cover for him. Yeah, they just made a mistake. And mistakes happen a lot to the Montreal Canadiens lately. Uh, I don't I know a lot of people have been either on Pacioretty or on Subban and fans have kind of divided into like camps. Of like, who's the real captain garbage that always happens when teams are struggling? No. I mean, I happen to think they're both amazing players, which happens to be the truth. Uh, I don't want to rag on either of them. I think, you know, like overly focusing on individual mistakes in this season just doesn't make any sense. So here's what happened on that play, and th- and then I'm going to throw something in there. Uh, PK tries to go to the left side, blows a tire. Mikhail Grigorenko, I think it is, stick-checked him and is able to take the puck the other way. Like you said, it's three on three. Three avalanche attackers uh, break out, and the Habs have three guys back. Uh, Jacob Delarose, yep. Andre Markov, Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty easily looks the worst on the play because he's got nobody at the end of it. He's just mm-hmm. looking around like, what happened? He was probably confused because for whatever reason, Markov, the only defenseman back, took the high guy mm-hmm. who probably should have been Pacioretty's or at least De La Rose's, I don't know. But De La Rose was following somebody. He ends up getting crossed up. The guy that Pacioretty left behind uh, is now at the net in front. That guy happens to be Jerome McGinley, one of the best goal scorers of our our generation, and uh, you lose the game. Devil's advocate, none of that happens if PK doesn't go for the move that he tried to make, and I'm sure that's what a lot of people have said out of Montreal today. What what do you say to that? I say in a team that's desperate for wins, P.K. Subban was trying to create offense in a tie game to win it before overtime. And I would let him do that play 100 times out of 100 because almost all the time he pulls it off. And, you know, one game doesn't mean anything in this lost season anyway. I'd rather see guys playing for pride and trying to get something done. I'm so tired of watching the Habs play for overtime and lose anyway, so... I'd rather them go down on a mistake than just playing safe. Um, sorry, go ahead, Steve. Well, I, I was going to say, you, you've referred to it as a lost season a couple times, and I mean, I personally agree with you, but there's six points out of a playoff spot in the East. Well, I, do you think the organization looks at it as a lost season? I, there's no way. I didn't until Mark Bergevin did his press conference on the 21st. And the fact that he hasn't done anything except for getting Ben Scriven since 
December. So I think they're just sitting on their hands and riding this out. And, you know, if they were to turn it around, maybe they would make some moves. But the fact that they haven't, they're just, they're compelled to let it go. There was a rumor floated, Andrew, that, you know, if things didn't get resolved with PK especially, because he seems to be a target for Michelle Therrien. If, if things didn't get resolved by the summertime, um, because he's got to be pretty upset by this, even though he is a total pro, uh, is there a chance that he gets moved? PK? Yeah. Oh, no. 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 No, you, you, he's the guy who signed for the longest in this organization. He makes the most money, and he just put $10 million into the local children's hospital. Uh, you, I mean, theoretically, you could trade PK Subban. Lots of teams would love to trade for him. But if Mark Bergevin does that, Mark Bergevin is done. And I don't just mean he'd be, he's fired as the general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. I think his career in hockey is gone. I think it's that kind of move. It's a Rajon Hool trading Patrick Waugh move. <laughs> yeah, where's Rajon Hool up to anyway? Did he ever work <laughs> in he's hockey? He's an ambassador for the Montreal Canadiens, so he shakes hands at events and stuff like I that. I love, oh. I love, by the way, that he's still with the organization. That makes me laugh because it, it reminds me so much of the Leafs organization of the past, just the old boys club, like everybody's looking out for everybody. Doesn't matter how bad you are, you still got a job. But they don't have John Ferguson Jr. shaking hands True. at events. Right! Uh, and, and Andrew, I mean, so or how, for lack of a better way to ask this, how fired are Michelle Therrien and Mark Bergevin? I don't know about Mark Bergevin yet, because it's a lot tougher to get rid of a coach and GM at the same time. It doesn't happen very often, but Michelle Therrien has to be gone this summer. And sadly, I don't think that Mark Bergevin wants to do it, even to this day. And what worries me more than anything is that a lot of the stuff that I've heard over the last couple of years is that the way Michelle Therrien feels about P.K. Subban is the same way that Mark Bergevin feels about P.K. Subban. And the reason why P.K. Subban has that mega contract is because Jeff Molson stepped in and was like, listen, this guy is a cornerstone. I love him. The fans love him. He's staying here. It's not, he's not going anywhere. He promised P.K. Subban personally that he would never be traded away from the Montreal Canadiens. So that's a big thing for an owner to do. It sounds like the owner should be running the team. I mean, I know, I know in Columbus and Vancouver's cases, that's like that's exactly what they're doing, and it's going poorly. But I think Jeff Molson seems to be the most sane one here. But well, he's a fan first and foremost, right? So he gets attached to the star players, and PK is beyond just a player. He's he's a personality. People love him, and they're detractors as well. And you know, there's clearly at least one reason that has nothing to do with anything that he does that. You know, always supplies some detractors in a league like the NHL. But uh, clearly, Mark, uh, Jeff Molson values P.K. Subban more than most people in the organization and much more accurately to what his real value is than the coach and the GM. And here's the other thing, Adam, because I, I think you're right. Uh, I, I kind of think if Terrian goes, Bergevin might have to too. I think it might be a package deal. Now, here's the problem. Andrew, who's the obvious replacement for Michelle Therrien? Uh, Guy Boucher. Guy Boucher. It's obvious. It's the worst-kept secret out there ever, ever, ever. Who's the obvious replacement for Mark Bergevin? Because the Habs always handcuffed themselves to have to hire... has to be a Quebecois. It has to be a Francophone. Luckily, there is a guy that's a really good candidate. Is his he name was... Andrew Berkshire? No. Oh. I, I don't think I'm qualified. But Julian Breezebois from the Tampa Bay Lightning 
former assistant general manager of the Montreal Canadiens. He was interviewed for the job back when Mark Bergevin was hired. He's got lots of experience now. He's won a Calder Cup with, uh, I think it was Syracuse back then, might have been Norfolk, uh, the Tampa Bay's AHL team, whatever they were at the time. And he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. I think he would be perfect. Uh, he's the guy who took Guy Boucher from the Canadiens organization originally. And you know who had their best years under Guy Boucher? Steven Stamkos, P.K. Subban's good friend. <laughs> oh, you calmed down. You know what? Wow. Wow. Well played. You know what? You're talking on this podcast and this radio show right now. There's three guys in this studio that have microphones in front of their face. That makes us all experts. Let's start the rumor right now. Are you saying that it's going to be Guy Boucher, Steven Stamkos, and who is the other guy? Julian Brisebois. Julian Brisebois to the Montreal Canadiens. Are you calling that right now? No, because I don't think Mark Bergevin is going to be fired. And I think Michel Therrien has gone. I don't think Mark Bergevin likes Guy Boucher, unfortunately, so I don't think that's going to happen. But if it does, then I would say that the Canadians' chances of getting Stamkos go from, say, 0% to, like, 22%. <laughs> Andrew, you're terrible at rumor-mongering. <laughs> like, no, well, I'm trying to do a thing here. Can you stop using numbers, man? They get in the way. Ugh. I know. Uh, the worst. Well, listen, we better get, let you get back to uh, to dinner with your, your lovely wife. I know it's your birthday, and she made you macaroni and cheese, right? And... Homemade tomato soup. Oh, oh good gourmet, combo. Good combo. gourmet. But it's not, it's not like this is not Katie mac and cheese. No offense to Katie. This is oh, real. No, no. This is how, how did how did she do it? Tell us. Uh, well, she made the roux first, and then you add the cheese to that. Then you cook the noodles, put it all together, put it in a nice uh, long pan, cover it with the bread crown breadcrumbs, and uh, put that in the oven for a while until it crisps up. Sounds amazing. I just have no idea what roux is. Yeah. Oh, roux is uh, basically your your base for sauces. Uh, it's, uh, it, I don't know how to explain it. I'm not a cook. Your your PK Subban for sauces, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure this will not be the last time we talk to you before the season's over because the story in Montreal just continues to get more awesome. and more, <laughs> yeah, more and more fascinating. It is it is so fascinating. It is like the tire fire that was the Toronto Maple Leafs last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, except for you guys fired your coach and then got the best coach available who happened to really want to coach the Montreal Canadiens and mm-hmm. went to university here, and I hate you very much. Hey, hey, but he's not Francophone. He, you know what? He's the one guy I think they would have been like, yeah, you can learn on the job. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Don't all, know what you got to you, it's gone. Whatever the word, the French word is for opportunity, that would have been all Mike Babcock needed because that's all he says here. Well, you get yeah. a good opportunity to play real good. I think it's opportunity. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for coming on and, and enjoy those gourmet donuts too that your wife bought. My, my God, you just posted a picture of it and it looks... How dare you? Yeah. Lemon meringue donuts, man. Oh, stop it. Well, you know what? He's got to enjoy his birthday. you got to enjoy the food. I mean, you can't enjoy his exactly. hockey team, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, Andrew, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, take care. I'd see, I couldn't just be a friend and let him have a happy birthday. No. <laughs> no, well, it was funny because I, I, I texted him today, and it was it was one of those where I hadn't texted him to say happy birthday yet, and... And then I was like, hey, happy birthday. Also, not to be selfish, but can you come on the show and talk about what's going on? Talk about your bad team. Yeah, so he was totally into it. Um, It is really fascinating what's going on in Montreal. It really, it does feel 
and it's so funny. I know, I know you're not supposed to always listen to the fans if you're in management, but sometimes the fans are right. And I have a feel like, like last year here in Toronto, the majority of the fans, I think our podcast is included among the fans, is we all were like, guys, you need to do these things. And, and Shanahan has come in and done all the things that we were saying, plus a few more that we were like, holy crap, how Babcock and Lamorello, we would have never called Oh, as for sure things. I, that's, why, that's why fans are actually talking about Stamkos, because for the first time ever, it actually seems possible. Well, first time ever since the salary cap, because before well, it was like, yeah. let's buy everybody. Pavel Bure, you bet. <laughs> Come on up. Come on up, whatever you want. Just, just Wayne Gretzky, play. why not? <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the other thing, that, it just is mind-blowing in Montreal, is that the team is that bad without Carey Price. I still struggle with that. See, I, I still don't think they are. I think uh, if they were that bad without Carey Price, I'm not sure we'd be talking about firing Michelle Therrien. I think he's driving a car. I'm not going to say a Lamborghini because I don't think they're a Lamborghini without Carey Price, but let's say a high-end sports vehicle. He's driving a high-end sports vehicle like it's a moped. Like the lineup decisions make no sense. He had Tom Gilbert playing more than PK Subban before the the screw up, and I know everyone's been saying, "Well, PK does that, you know, same play thirty times a game." I wonder if he's trying crazier and crazier crap because he's like, "Oh my God, Tom Gilbert's playing more than me." Yeah, well, you know, sometimes when you're in a position with a bad manager, you do crazy things just to go. Well, maybe this will work. Maybe this will work, and and you know. <laughs> I tweeted. It got it got quite a bit of traction. Uh, imagine, I, I, I'm predicting it now. The Canadians are going to win the draft lottery. They're going to get the first overall oh, pick. Oh my god! Can you imagine? And they're going to have Austin Matthews and Alex Galchenyuk on the same line between, <laughs> and between them is going to be David DeHarnay. <laughs> because Terrian just he, he doesn't. What's he doing? He's a mad scientist. David someone was saying David DeHarnay but you, since uh, like American Thanksgiving has like one power play point. You can't call him a mad scientist because scientists mad or not use science. He is not using science. Okay, well, he's like the human centipede scientist. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> How about that? Wow. And you know what? Whoa. This team and the human centipede churn out the same product. <laughs> It's a good you point. See, you see, because because it's poo. Because yeah. of poo. Because like, you see, because of poo. I get it. I, I get it. I just I, and I. <laughs> You know, we we sort of called, and I I just I feel bad gloating because it's so bad. It's no, so bad. We deserve this. We earned this because of last season, and also let's not forget that the Leafs are in dead last place. Yeah, but we again, intentionally. This. And what was so cool was was you know hearing Peter Holland over the weekend saying, "Yeah, it's amazing how how fa- how supportive fans are of this." And it shows that he's a fan, and it shows that he's bought in. He's bought in, and I like that. Like I don't expect. The guys on one-year deals who are clearly on their way out, I don't expect them to buy in. I don't expect them to care about the direction of the Maple Leafs because, frankly, they're not part of it. They're not part of the plan. Who cares? Peter Holland, he's a, his contract's up, but he's a restricted free agent. He could be a part of it. Grew up a Leaf fan. Odds are he wants to be a part of this thing. And he probably knows this is the right thing to do. I mean, most guys that come out of Major Junior, I think, get it. Because Major Junior is like a much quicker version of the NHL. You're good, you're good, you're good, you load up, and you suck because mm-hmm. you loaded up. And then you build up again, you're good, you're good, and you suck. 
that's that's what the Leafs yeah, are doing. They're you'll finally see like, intentionally sucking. <laughs> you'll see like four picks go in a trade because because then you know a couple of years four. later, yeah, you'll sell like, like nineteen. Like, yeah, but you'll sell you'll sell a couple of years from now or the next year and get all those picks back. I covered junior hockey in in the <laughs> two thousand eight nine season, and there are picks from the John Tavares trade that I don't think have gone through yet. <laughs> when he was traded to the London Knights, did they win? No. And, oh, the Braden-Shen trade was even worse because uh, the team that acquired him, I think it was the Saskatoon Blades. Jesse, can you look up the Braden-Shen to the Saskatoon Blades trade? He was traded from uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings, I believe, because uh, they were hosting the Memorial Cup. So they wanted to win. And they win in the first round, and they get swept in oh. round two. Swept. Not good. Not a good look. And and they are still giving up those picks. But that's the way it works in junior hockey. And uh, that's the way it works in the NHL, too. Oshawa Generals won the Memorial selling. Cup they're last year. They're selling like crazy this year. They won the Memorial Cup last year, though. The, the trade-off is this year. That's how it works. I would love to see a repeat winner. It's happened. It happened. Uh, it's funny because he's lost for years and years and years and years. But Taylor Hall and the Windsor Spitfires. God, all he did was win. All he ever did was win. And then he got drafted by the Those hands went up and they stayed there until Edmonton. That is basically it. That sucks. So the Braden Shen deal was Braden Shen and a 2012 third round pick in exchange for a first round in 2011, a second round in 2011, a first round in 2012, and a first round in the 2012 import draft. Oh, I thought it was more than that. And then two more prospects went along the way. Oh, Wow. Yeah. So I might have hammed it up a bit, but there are trades that, like, well, we were just talking about the Canadians, so the correct term is jumble. Okay. Oh, oh my goodness. So it's just, can you please? Oh, I was it. in my head. I'm like, I don't. Oh, oh, he's it's talking about ham. actual ham. Means ham. He's, yeah, I get I, it. I stopped taking French <laughs> after grade ten. <laughs> and I went to Catholic school too. Like I have no excuse because we start French earlier. Oh, do you? Grade four, I think. Mm. Yes. I see it benefited you. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't at all. Uh, there, here's the one thing, though, that does piss me off about the Montreal Canadiens uh, affair, Les Affaires Canadiens. Um, this happened a few years ago. They sucked so bad, and as a result, picked third overall. Right. But the whole time, they weren't that bad. For some reason, they played that bad, but they were never actually that bad. And then the next year, they returned to form and had a third overall pick in their lineup named Alex Galchenyuk. Mm -hmm. It's too bad he never turned into anything, huh? I know. Well, uh, he is our third line winger. Uh, (laughs) We'll never play him at center regularly. Oh my god, it's it's starting to drive me nuts and nuts as a Leaf fan. Imagine how pissed off Habs I, fans are. I would honestly, sorry, go go. Well, I was going to say, and then uh, so they'll they'll get another top five pick. This year, potentially. Mm-hmm. Probably, not potentially. Probably. Probably. and But next year, there'll be this team that was never that bad in the first place, and they'll have Carey Price, and they'll have Alex Galchenyuk from sucking really bad just a few years prior, and they'll have whoever they pick this year if they choose to leave that prospect in the NHL. And they'll get to pick high in all the other rounds as well. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. If you're going to suck... Actually suck, like the Leafs. <laughs> suck for a while, because suck it's not real. fair. <laughs> okay, so um, I, I actually, just one more thing before we go to break here. I think that seeing the Montreal Canadiens with Guy Boucher would be awesome, because I love Guy Boucher's swagger. 
And I want to see that team with swagger again. Because when the Montreal Canadiens have swagger, they get the most swagger. Because of PK. Because he's got, he is the personality lead of that, of that, that team, as far as I'm concerned. And he, because he's confident. And even when the team's losing, like it has, he's still driving the puck into the zone. And you know what? I wonder what would happen on that play, by the way, had he not blown a tire yesterday. Uh, he would have dumped the puck into the corner, and the <laughs> avalanche would have collected it and sent it <laughs> the other back. way anyway. Yeah, so I, I know, I'd love to see what Guy Boucher could do with that team. I'd also love to see um, what, I mean, I'd love to see how Mark Bergevin keeps his job. Dream, I'd love to see this. Dream scenario. Before we go to break, dream scenario. Okay, just picture this: Mark Bergevin gets fired. Mm-hmm. Tim Murray gets fired in Buffalo. Tim Murray becomes the GM of the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens. Fires Michelle Terrien. Tim Murray thinks he's got Guy Boucher locked up until at the last minute someone offers him more money and takes him right away. The Leafs, assistant coach. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, oh, that would be amazing. And then, and then, then he, Tim Murray thinks he's going to get the first overall pick finally, <laughs> but then it goes to Edmonton. Somehow gets leapfrogged by all three lottery balls. Has to pick fourth. <laughs> Screams internally. Oh, the Leo DiCaprio of the hockey GM. Hey, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Flint Firebirds uh, and the whole mess of a situation that's happening there, plus the Dennis Wideman suspension. It was held up, but there's more. There's more wrinkles. Yeah, it is just, it's it's a weird story. And Mm. I'm surprised it's not a bigger story, even though it's a big one. Uh, It's not a bigger story because it hasn't fully developed yet, but I guess we'll talk about that. Sportsnet 590 The Fan, this is the Steve Dangle Podcast. All right, so Flint, Michigan, they have a team. Not a water supply, but a team. Jesus. Uh, I feel. I honestly, the people in Flint. My God, what a what a, like rough, rough, rough situation. And then, I mean, first you live in Michigan, <laughs> and then you live in Flint. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. You got listeners in Flint. I don't want to. Yeah, go and they're too probably of, like, we know. Yeah, <laughs> and then your team's in last place, and their team's, their in, team's last in last place. place. Now, so okay, so earlier Oof. in the season, the the owner. Whose son plays on the team as like a seventh defenseman? A seventh, not according to the owner. Uh, right. Mm. Fires the coach and the assistant coaches. The players go on strike. Is forced then to rehire them. Yeah, a little, a little context there is he fired them right after like a crazy against all odds comeback win by the team. AKA exactly the kind of game you don't fire your coach after. Right. And the reason was because the coach the coach wasn't giving his son quote unquote enough ice time. Right. Right, but, which has got to be embarrassing. Was. But it, it even but it was even reported that his son, the owner's son, called him and said, "We're not playing and I'm not playing. This he is was, ridiculous." He was one of the players who walked out. Yeah, originally. That that was the first Flint saga. So now we're in the fl- second Flint saga where the OHL has now taken over all responsibilities for the Flint Firebirds. And that means that means that every decision, every line of everything is OHL, and it's at the cost of Rolf Nilsson, who owns the Firebirds. And I, I don't know how they to, can do that. Yeah, I would love to know how that works, because I know everything has to fall under the league's rules and, and everything like that to be part of the league, but he is still the owner of the team. How can you be like, and you have to pay for all this? Here's what I think. And here's where I, I, if I was the OHL, and I, th- I think this is what they've done, this is a really smart move. 
what they've said is we have children here and yes we have children here so we have a vested interest in making sure these young men are not screwed around with you know it's different in the nhl different in the nfl especially in the nfl with their weird owners um where it's men these are men right these are adults and they're making money lots of money okay even even league minimum is a lot of money to most people of course um where, where, you know, you've got a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid with all of this kind of swirling over their heads. I think the OHL has a responsibility to step in and, and, and has a responsibility to sign a contract with each owner that buys a franchise in that league that says, if it comes down to this, we can step in. And we will. And I'm glad that they did because apparently they're even offering counseling and Mr. Nilsson has to pay for it. So any player that needs counseling to kind of sort their way through this, he has to pay for counseling that he is, it's his, it's his fault. It's his fault. (laughs) This is, you you have to pay for, which is kind of ironic. Now I, not to be insensitive, I doubt not, not knowing the situation too closely. I doubt many of the players actually need the counseling, but it sounds like a lot of the players are pissed off. And if I'm one of those players, I take it. Yeah, I got a couple hours. <laughs> How much is it? Yeah, I got a couple hours. Well, and and I I, I think I forgot to mention in this too. He did fire the coach and the assistant coaches again. That's why they. That's why the league stepped in. Now is that being upheld? Uh, that part I don't know yet. I don't know if they've sorted through that. But he instated an intern head coach, and then he was also suspended along with the owner. Yeah. So that's... the intern that he appointed is suspended. So. And. And it's my understanding they either play tonight or tomorrow night, and the team's head scout has to take over as head coach. Yeah, it's a mess. And so the reason that I guess the OHL stepped in, or the reason that, sorry, that that he justified firing the coaching staff this time was because they weren't going to make the playoffs. Well, duh, they're in last place. I mean, yeah. But whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? There was a practice, uh, it was either yesterday or today, and uh, none of the players showed up, except for one. The owner's son. Poor guy. Oh, I feel so... Do you not feel bad for him the I most in this? horrible for him. Horrible, because it's got to be mortifying for him. Yeah. Like, I wonder if his dad bought the team entirely so that he could make sure his kid played. Like, uh, if he's that crazy of a hockey parent. Like, I'd love to know that. That's the one thing is we don't know... I, I don't know anything about how he came into being the owner of this team. That's what I want to know more of. There are stories throughout various levels of hockey... That suggest owners have done things like this in the past. <laughs> Update on the game. Flint is down 3-1 to Erie. And uh, the owner's son has taken a delay of game penalty, unfortunately. Well, yeah. now did he fire it over the glass or was it? Is he serving a bench miner? Uh, fired it over the glass. Oh, yes, yes. shame. Shame. And Erie. It, you don't want to play Erie. <laughs> Tonight, not tonight. Now, if you're the you don't Eerie need players. to deal with Ryan Strom tonight or Travis Dermott. Well, actually, they're not dealing with Travis Dermott. He got a five game suspension. What'd he do? He hit someone, and I saw the play, and it's an OHL suspension. You know to, who else hit someone? In my opinion, but who hit someone? Dennis Weidman. Oh! King of transitions. <laughs> so, um, anyway, we're going to follow the Flint situation as much as we can because I think it's one of the most interesting stories in hockey. And again, another story where I'm like, how is this story not bigger? Well, and there, there are you know prospects on that team too, so it's got NHL ties. I know there's a Stars prospect on there. I think uh, they got like Team USA's goalie or something like that. One yeah. thing is for sure, they got two picks from Carolina in there. Two picks from Carolina. Wow, geez, you're going from last place Flint to last place Carolina. 
They're not quite last place. Well, not quite, because the Leafs are last place. <laughs> By the way, last place. Hey, hey. Hey. All right, all That's right. Goal. For That's the goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Dennis Wyman has already served seven games for a suspension. Oh, so he's running out of time. He is running out of time. Now, uh, the NHL... <laughs> With its due process, which I love, because they just took as much time with this as humanly possible. Oh, don't, don't (laughs) get into a legal dispute with Gary Bettman. Just don't. He's good at it. He's really good. So he's 13 games left. Uh, He upheld the suspension totally. We thought there would be some sort of reduction. No reduction. Nah. 500 grand he's going to lose. $500,000. How many years of work? Will it take you to get, and, and don't answer this, but how many years of work will it take you to make $500,000 before taxes? 0.14. No, Jesus. I uh, wait. One day for you. No, no, sir. You but too. Tell that, me. Is, that is the kind of, that is the kind of money that makes me just go, <laughs> like yeah. high-pitched voice that can't comprehend. What would I do with 500 grand right now? I'd pay off my house, and then what would I do with the rest? <sighs> I don't... Anyway, the money is is not even the most important part. It's, I mean, geez, where do we start? Everyone on Twitter and the hockey world yesterday hadn't had opinions about Dennis Weidman's private te- private text messages because those were made public. So explain to me this. Okay, how and why is that relevant? And number two, how and why is that legal? Well, it's uh, in the CBA. It's in the collective bargaining agreement that the NHLPA actually agreed to. <gasps> now, it works the other way as well, which I guess is why they agreed to it. So, you know, I think it was, who was it? Was it Colin Campbell? Got caught, you know, saying all those nasty things over email about Mark Savard and his concussion and all that. Y- you know, if you can get the league to cough up info like that, I understand why you signed that agreement for sure. Um, I just think it's a little messed up that we all know about it. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't get why the public needs to know about those. I don't know why it's. I still don't know why it's relevant. Like, there was nothing in that text message. Well, that, it's you can. The reason they want it is because, like, imagine if he were to say over text message, "Yeah, I meant to hit him, and I'm not even sorry." You know what I mean? Okay. What if they discovered that? Okay, but they didn't. They didn't. I was a little because I read the text and I'm like that doesn't I didn't learn anything. That's what I meant too. I didn't like, learn I anything like, about how he feels other than he's upset. He's and, angry. And Gary cited that specifically. So I'm saying Gary as in Gary Batman. I don't know him personally. G baby. Yeah, G baby. <laughs> G bets. Uh, he cited that specifically in his statement, saying you know there was a lack of you know his sorries don't even basically sorry that his sorries are hollow. Because he t- he texted that to a teammate. Yeah, uh, utter lack of accountability and remorse. I think I think that a player's text message to another player should not be considered business. Because here's the thing: if the NHLPA has this agreement with the NHL, that means that the NHLPA would not would that not mean that all text messages Gary Bettman and all the NHL sends are are free reign because. You have to be able to have personal relationships. And that's where this gets confusing because a teammate is arguably a personal relationship. That's a friend, right? That's somebody who you go into battle with. That's your that's somebody who you are confident. Does that mean that the NHLPA can request Gary Bettman's text messages to his wife? If well, 
if it's legally, if it makes sense. Yeah, if there was a situation where it applied, then yeah. Yeah, if it pertains to a, uh, like, I'm sure the NHLPA could request that. And I'm sure they could be denied because they have no reason to actually request that. Now, they could probably request his messages to somebody else. I don't know, Brian Burke. I'm not sure why that would be relevant. President of the Calgary Flames. Uh, if it's relevant, I'm sure they could request it. I'm sure if they were to request something unreasonable, there would be grounds to say, uh, no, uh-uh. you can't do that. Two minutes for you can't do that. Okay. It's all just, it's so messy. And more importantly, or just as importantly, I guess, they're running out of time. He serves seven games out of 20. What if they decide, what if they go to a private adjudicator? Which they will, or a apparently. Pri- uh, arbitrator, sorry. And let's say he knocks it down to five games. And by the time he knocks it down to five games, uh, he's ten games into the suspension. Do they have to compensate him for those five games? What about the Flames? They were without a defenseman. Well, and that was my question, too. Because Okay, so let's say that happens. Who pays him? Who owes him the money that he's owed? It would have to be the NHL. Yeah, because the Flames couldn't. Because the Flames didn't get any, get, any, get any money out of this. Right? Like, if, if Dennis Weidman isn't playing... And the arbitrator rules that Dennis Wyman didn't deserve to be suspended for that long. It has to be the NHL's responsibility, doesn't it? It's also confusing. Whoops. It's also confusing, and we've t- we've talked about this sort of thing in the past. It's not why I watch. It's not why I watch the damn game to talk about. How often do fans of the NHL have to listen to and discuss court proceedings? <laughs> Yeah. I'm so tired of it. But you look at every other sport. I mean, except for baseball, really? The NFL's like this too. And uh, the NBA, the NBA and the MLB I find a little bit less are like this. It's more about the play. I don't see a lot of court cases with the MLB. I don't well, know. We have the exact same situation in the NFL this past off season when they requested Tom Brady's cell phone and he said it was broken. So, and Elliot Freeman actually wrote in his article today that Weidman could have said it was broken and they would have no excuse if he just smashed it. What if he deleted it? Yeah, but he didn't. He said, yeah, I'll hand it over. And he kind of just handed it over. So All the same, I think 20 games is still too much. I, I still don't believe that this, I still, 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 in my heart of hearts, do not believe that Dennis Weidman would go after a linesman. I just, it doesn't make any sense to me. I, it just does not make sense. He hit him. Yeah, but intentionally or not. He hit him and he meant to hit him. Uh, I'm not totally certain he knew who he was hitting, though. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm going to hit this person. I I would suggest that if there were a member of the Calgary Flames in front of Weidman while he was skating there, he would have hit him. (laughs) I I just think he was like, I'm going to hit whoever this is. And there's the rule, and it says if you hit the ref, you get 20 games. So they kind of have to do it. And that's that is the problem. It's one of those. David Clarkson got 10 games for coming off the bench to slow in dan- the preseason, and he got 10 regular season games. But there's a rule that says if it should have counted in the preseason games. too. Now it doesn't matter. <laughs> Ridiculous. That it, it doesn't matter that it was the preseason. It doesn't matter that he left the bench and didn't even get into a fight. It doesn't matter that he was slow dancing with John Scott like he was listening to Casey and JoJo back when we were at, oh, at the Rouge Hill Community life. Center. Uh, preteen dances, Adam. Pray for it, someone like you. Exactly. Sorry. Scarborough, Ontario. Sir. Yep. Absolutely. 2002. It doesn't matter. The rule says you come off the bench 10 games, which is kind of messed up because the same thing happened to Paul Bissonnette. He came off the bench to fight a guy, but he just kind of came off the bench early. Mm. 
And for some reason, they knocked it down to three games instead of the 10. And I was a bit surprised that they weren't able to do that for Clarkson. But it's the rule. It's the rule. You get 10 games for that. And in Wyden's case, you get 20 games for this. It sucks. It sucks. He is not going to win. He is not going to win. He's going to win. He's going to get, there will be, there will be, because here's what the arbitrator is going to rule. Mark me on this. Okay. And if I'm wrong, I'll eat it. That's fine. I'll wear that. If I think the arbitrator is going to look at this and go, you cannot prove that this was intentional. Therefore, you can't, people collide with refs all the time and get nothing. People shoot. I think refs are starting to feel themselves a little bit too, because did you see what happened with Victor Hedman? No, I missed that. Okay, well, I, I kind of I've kind of been busy. Last minute, I'm sorry. Well, I, I don't know if yeah, oh yeah. Adam, Adam, by the way, welcome back from Los Angeles. Oh, thank you, thank you, Grammys boy. Uh, ooh, Roger sends me to the Grammy. No one cares. I'm kidding. That's that's not true. We all care. Thanks, I taped buddy. it. My mom was like, "I'm watching Adam on TV." Oh. Uh, so linesmen and officials have been getting in the way a lot lately. Like they've been interfering with play, and players have been going nuts on them. Joel Quinville lost his. Little mind on a ref, and it was the most hilarious thing, and he got a bench minor for it. Um, <laughs> How scared would that ref be, by the way? <laughs> oh, Quinville, when he pops, oh, my God. oh, it's great. It's great. It's like all the pop rocks going off at once. Boom! Uh, Victor Hedman uh, was upset because a linesman got in the way, and the other team scored. The other team scored, and it was late in the game. And he was giving him crap. Hey, man. Why'd you get in the way? And then out of frustration, a few seconds later, Hedman fires the puck down the ice. And the ref tossed him out of the game because he's like, you shot that puck at me. Ignoring the fact that this is Victor Hedman. He has one of the most accurate shots in the league. It missed him by a solid 20 or 30 feet. And it was about two or three feet away from hitting, I think it was Nikita Kucherov, one of Hedman's own teammates. I think he was just firing it in the direction of a teammate. I'm upsetville. Bruh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Not but the teammate. ref was like, um, actually, these special stripies mean I'm special. So, sorry, you have to sit. You have to sit. One of the most valuable defensemen in the league, and man, he's, who is relatively clean. He's tough. Uh. I'm trying to think of a like time he, he was suspended. Yeah, can, I mean, does he if, have any? Has he had any Matt Cook moments? Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins fans would argue yes. Uh, because yeah, but they also would argue for Matt Cook. Would they oh not? damn! <laughs> I mean, Penguins fans learn the difference between Adam Wild and I's voice. <laughs> oh my goodness, the Tumblr thread is going to be going insane. About your words, it how dare amazing. you with your slander? You know, the, the first podcast we ever had that actually went viral. Was on was because viral. of Tumblr. Yeah, it went viral. Like we had a big. Explosion. It was our second one. Is our second podcast, <laughs> and it was because Steve put it on Tumblr, and it was Penguins fan sharing it. Uh, yeah, They're, they have a huge presence on Tumblr. Strangely, okay, they just they love the penguins. they love the Tumblr and the Penguins and the Tumblr. They love the Tumbloons. That's not a thing. Anyway, <laughs> that was bad. Uh, that was bad. We're gonna go ahead and is the jar there? Can we? Please? There it is. Can we get a Tumblin's t-shirt jersey sent at us, please? I don't even think that's worth it. It's super not. Super not. Super not. On the good ship dangle? Yeah. Listen, okay, uh, I'm not in the right headspace. I didn't mean to make that joke. Just because I did something unintentionally doesn't mean I should get 20 games for it. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's, That's my argument. 
<sighs> and I believe the arbitrator's decision isn't whether 20 games is the right amount. It's that does Gary Bettman have a right to suspend him? I believe that's what they're arbitrating. And I don't think he does. If that's so, if that's the question, yeah. then you can't prove that there's intention there. And there's, maybe, a, but maybe, there's a rule that says. Yeah, but but then on. then you, the, the argument, and I agree. Yeah. The argument is, well, that happens to refs all the time. So are you going to suspend every player that runs into a ref during the during play? But it's, you have to it's prove intention not, for that rule to stand. He lifted his hands and hit him in the head. Yeah, not not all collisions with the ref look like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't think it's a matter of the NHL has to prove you know what? he did mean it. I mm-hmm. think it's they need to prove I will stand, he didn't. I will stand over here on my Dennis Weidman Island, and I will I will fight <laughs> it till the, the end. because I, I will die off. Adam, my friend, I, every opportunity I get to disagree with Gary Bettman, you know I'm going to take it. <laughs> uh and I'm not saying I agree with him here. I'm just saying that he will win. Okay. And you also didn't want John Scott in the All-Star game, so. Wow! Wow! <laughs> this reminds me of a South Park episode that I watched the other day. Which is? It's uh, when Jimmy comes up with the fish sticks joke for Kanye West. Oh, the best. Yes. And, you know, Cartman is going around the school saying that Jimmy and I wrote this joke. And they're like, Jimmy, did Cartman actually help write this joke? And he goes... Well, uh, he was in the room. He didn't actually do anything. They're like, I knew it. Jimmy, you need to stand up for yourself. Blah, blah, blah. And Craig just goes, just give him half. You're not going to win this. Just just be happy he's only asking for half. <laughs> With Gary Bettman, just just give him half. Just whatever he's asking for, just give him half. We got to go on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, but if you download this podcast, you are going to find out, and this is another story that we're surprised is not bigger, what Frankie Corrado had to say about his time in Vancouver and how the Canucks basically gave up on him. And he didn't say that, but you're going to you're going to listen to these quotes and you're going to go, "Uh, yeah, they totally gave up on them and how very Jim Benning, Trevor Linden of them." Uh because the Canucks make no sense LOL. But we'll we'll get into that in the download portion sportsnet.ca or subscribe to the Steve Dangle podcast on iTunes and the podcast is brought to you by Panago Pizza. It is on the inside. It, it is what's on the inside that, that counts. After you, all. You want to you want a mulligan? You want like a post Grammy's mulligan? It can also be on your inside after you eat it. There you go. And that's when it that's where it counts the most. Exactly. Panago Pizza. So, Frankie Corrado. Oh, uh, Frankie C. Or should we say skate2great.org first? What an incredible organization. Not like the Vancouver Canucks. I think I think a gentleman as as uh as valiant mm-hmm. and brave as Frankie Corrado would donate skates to to Skate to Great. I would think so to help children in need. I think he would text Daniel to 41010. Maybe. How many would he make a 5, 10 or 20 dollar donation? 20 because that's his number. Wow. Oh, uh. of course. Now, I know my boy Franz, who is a, uh, fr- my boy Franz, who's a, who's a Canucks fan, is going to hate this so much. Also Chris. Also Chris. Uh, also producer Chris. Although, we're not sure he's going to hear it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just be honest. But, <laughs> um, I, I, I feel like the Canucks have really outdone themselves this year Ooh, this year but they had so many hits <laughs> they've had so many hits the Canucks... they helped launch this show how silly they are helped launch the show it's... they really did they were the first every year there's a gong show it doesn't mean you have to be last place although the Leafs came very close last year sure they and were... are probably going to be this year yes they were without a doubt the gong show last year this year it's the Canadians 
Because if if you during every press conference could just play do 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 in the background, you're the gong show. A few years ago, that was the Vancouver Canucks, who thought they were the 2011 Vancouver Canucks, and were not, and thought they were the 2012 Vancouver Canucks, and no, they were the 2013 Vancouver. Canucks. And then they brought in Tortorella. And then they brought in John Tortorella, and then they got rid of John Tortorella. They're, the Canucks are so fun, and the big leaf win over the Canucks, with Frankie Corrado right at the center of it, reminded me why it was so fun to pick on Canucks fans. Because, God love you people, but not all of you take a joke very well. Here's what, here's what I've noticed about Canucks fans. They're exactly like the Canucks organization and players. They get steamed really easily. That's mm. like a, a tea kettle you don't even need to plug in. Well, gee, like I, crazy. So, I'm not wearing my glasses. Are you Adam Wilde or Frankie Corrado? Because <laughs> I, 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 I believe that's what do you Do you have said. the quotes in front of you right now? I do not. Well, you know, <laughs> Steve, as a guy who I, I did give you the heads up a couple hours ago. You certainly did. That we were going to do am this. Am I going to take Jesse's laptop? <laughs> you bet I am. This is... What? Remember? Why don't you have them up? Because because you're the one who brought the story to the show. When am I I the one who reads the quotes? You're always the one who reads the quotes, and I go, oh my goodness, and I react to them. I am the one who quotes. Um, I am the one who knocks. Remember, um... Remember, Jesse, when you were going to have that debate with Steve, and I forget what it was about, and Steve did About the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Steve, what a piece of crap. Steve was like, yeah, I was doing research in the car downstairs because I forgot. <laughs> I remember that. Steve, you know, you know they talk about stream of consciousness. That's all Steve is. Steve is constant what? stream of consciousness. W- when did you send these quotes? You sent the quotes. Oh, yeah. you want me to scroll all the way up to those? Why did you just Google them? No, 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 here this they are. This is why Steve Jesus couldn't be producer Murphy. Jesse. Jesus. Okay, this comes from our friends at the province uh, in Vancouver. Which they, is funny. This was not reported widely in Toronto, and it should have been. No, this was one of those. We talked uh, about the Montreal Canadiens equivalent of this, which was stuff gets broken in French, and we go, why wasn't that reported that mm-hmm. much? Um, you know, we're dying for... A positive Leafs angle. You know what it was? You know what it was? We've been dying for a positive Leafs angle for so long. And we got two that game, but one was much more defined. Brendan Leipzig scored his first NHL goal. Which was awesome. And it was awesome. And his parents were there. I wrote an article about it. It made, uh, I was watching ESPN in the States, and it made like their top 10. And hockey, believe me, is a very, very, very fourth sport down, there. Down, yeah. fourth, fourth, But they were fifth, like, look at ninth. this, blah, blah, blah. And like, they showed his parents. It was amazing. Fantastic moment. Um, so the whole controversy, you know, friction angle maybe didn't get played as much. But our friends of the province wrote uh, a great deal about that game. And it was a bad game from their perspective, obviously. Uh, and all the Frankie Corrado stuff spit hot fire. It was awesome. So what do you say? Uh, if you look at my whole time here, and he's referring to Vancouver, coming in and playing the 2013 playoffs, injuries made that happen, but I earned that chance. In 2014, another coaching change and another fresh start. That was another year where maybe I was a little slow out of the gate. But I do really well in the American League and get called up a bunch of times and not play, which was really frustrating. <laughs> then How Tortorella. Oh, yes. Then I have a great playoffs with Utica. Do what you're told. Have a good playoff run. It will be a good experience. Battle through injuries. Freeze your bones. What? Play through separated shoulders. What? 
finish playing June 15th, come to training camp, and all of a sudden, you're not ready. It was really frustrating. That's the way I see it. Now, I'll, I'll just keep reading what the, what the province writer said. Now, when he was done, we shared one of those, oh shit, this changes everything looks you get sometimes. In his answer, there was a revelation that's a bit of a game changer in the way that the story has been told to this point, and they're absolutely right. And that would be the comment, separated shoulder! Which I didn't know. I don't. I don't nobody, remember. Nobody reported that. that. Maybe they did, and I missed it. But I don't think so. Uh, to this point, no, oh, there you go. To this point, no one knew Corrado suffered a separated shoulder during the. And I got to go to the next one. Playoffs. It happened in the first round. It was game three against Chicago. At home, I separated my shoulder. I played the rest of the playoffs with it. Wow. Ow. And guys do that in the playoffs all the freaking time. And one thing I learned from covering the minors a little bit, I didn't I didn't do very much of it. There are a lot of injuries and like pretty bad ones that generally don't really get reported. Uh, one I can remember in particular was uh, I think it was Jay Rosehill. Um, he like just did some haggard to his thumb in a fight, and like that was back when the Marlies weren't selling all that good. And the scream he let out echoed in Rico Coliseum. And supposedly, I wasn't actually there for this. You could actually hear from outside the dressing room the the screams because they were putting his thumb backward. Thumbs go. Uh, yeah. So he, he he yeah popped it out. Jeez. Yes. Uh, it's one of those things that take a long time to heal. Throughout the summer, especially when you have a late summer like that, there wasn't much I could do. I had to let it heal. When it got time where I could really push it, it was basically training camp. Corrado missed five games during the playoffs. Missing those games was not because of the separated shoulder. In fact, in round two, Corrado broke his hand. The five games he had missed were spent icing it. So, he played through a broken hand and a separated shoulder and was given up on by a team who conducted uh, concluded that he had a poor training camp even though he couldn't work out in the summer? That's some story and it changes the complexion of what went down. It also was a reason Corrado didn't play much with the Leafs when he arrived. I had no idea. No, they didn't talk about it here either. Well, they sort of did, but the narrative was off. Because there were a couple times it was said uh, we have a plan for him, we just want him to keep getting stronger. We want him to keep getting stronger. And every time I heard that, I was like, he's out of shape. Like, maybe that's why the Canucks cut him. He's out of shape. Maybe he didn't train hard enough in the in the, in the offseason, which is technically true. But there's obviously a very good reason. I wonder if it was it the, I, what it doesn't specify, I don't think, is did he break the hand of the same shoulder? Like, uh, imagine that was the same arm. Imagine sure. how weak that would be. Or, or yeah. if it wasn't, let's say he separates one shoulder and breaks the hand on the other. You can't lift any weights. You can't lift one arm. You can't do anything. It sucks. And if you've ever, like my dad had a separated shoulder for for years. And if you have one, it's very easy to redo it. So let's say you go in and you rehab it, which a lot of people do. They don't want to have the surgery. Okay. You're looking at six weeks at least before that thing's back to normal-ish. Oh, I screwed up my shoulder like two months ago. Feels like it did the day after. Totally. And that's (laughs) that's full-on rehab. If you have the surgery... It's about, as far as I know, I think it's two months or more. And you're doing, and you're in incredible pain both ways. Like, I know that somebody who got their their shoulders separated, I remember my dad hanging his shoulder in the living room and just having to swing it around, like, just in a circle and just... Ah! 
<laughs> wincing. Just just in so much pain. Like what Kevin Love uh, uh, Kevin Love in, in the playoffs with the Cavaliers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like oh just in, uh, incredible, incredible pain. So anybody that has a separated shoulder, just because I've seen it, I feel bad for. Because I think people dismiss it as a, oh, whatever. You pop, you can pop it back in and you'll be you'll be fine. It's not that way. It doesn't feel that way at all. If I recall correctly, in two thousand two, Gary Roberts played with two. <laughs> Both his shoulders were separated. Yeah, but Gary Roberts him. isn't human. This is a man who also, because of nerve damage, couldn't lift his hand over his head, and somehow came back and had a very productive <laughs> ten years in the NHL. Unbelievable. Uh, do you want me to keep going with that? Yeah, please. There was oh, like it was just fantastic work by it's the like province. Gold mine. Gold mine. Oh yeah, we we should definitely post a link to it on account of I'm. <laughs> Uh, it sounds like I'm reading the thing in its entirety. It was a very long post, and they often write long ones, too. Um, referring to Toronto. They had a picture of when they wanted me to play. Knowing that there was a group who had a plan for me made things easier. They talked to me. Let me know. Keep getting stronger, they said. The time off, uh, I got a lot of time to work out, and that helped me because I missed time in the summer. Yes, he's bitter. Would you be? And then, uh, sorry, they embedded a tweet. I'm just getting caught up here. You can't deny the Canucks sure seem to be after Corrado. And then someone tweeted, "It's uh, this is Brown to Beret. It's not a coincidence that all these guys are going after him. He was a whiner when he was here, and he still is. Love it, Burr. I guess referring to Alex Burrows. Yeah, that's the kind of player you want to cheer for, Alex freaking Burrows. Yeah. Uh, and Corrado took his shot after the game. Absolutely. That's a group uh, that's a group of players that gets frustrated easily and people have seen that throughout the years. We knew that in this room and really wanted to get after them and obviously we saw how frustrated they got. That's not even a shot from Frankie Corrado as much as it is a widely widely accepted truth. The Vancouver Canucks are a team you can easily rattle. rattle. Easily rattle. The Canucks should have waltzed away. With the 2011 Stanley Cup. They should have. They let the Bruins get in their head. They, And I know it's in the past. Canuck fans are always like, that was half a decade ago. Let it go. Have you, darling? Yeah, because most of you, well, a, a, a good chunk of some of the of the major players were, are still kind of there and would still be there this if you hadn't screwed up the goaltending so bad. Burrows. And I, I mean, it's... Well, and then, you know, you want to talk about guys you can throw off their game. Uh, you you went the out entire and, management. Well, the entire management, but you go out and you sign Ryan Miller. I'm not calling him a bad goalie. I'm just calling him a goalie you can piss off. Yeah, but you might as well have got out and gone uh, Robin Leonard too, or, or Ron Hextall, or Ron Hextall. <laughs> yeah, you know, like back in the day. Come back in, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Come back in. Come on, we need a calm guy. Ron, are you available? But it, it was like I really got to give props to the province because I didn't hear anyone else going with that angle on Corrado. I, it's a it's an interesting one, and I think. I think it's indicative, and I, I and I feel for Canucks fans too. I, anytime a team has terrible management, I feel for them because there's really if you have good management and the team sucks, you're the Leafs, <laughs> right? Right now, but if you have bad management and the team doesn't even totally suck, then you're Leafs under John Ferguson Jr. Ooh. And that's worse, or, way way worse. Here, you know what? I'll I'll I'll, I'll bring one back to our side. I know what it's like to see management make an obvious mistake. The Canucks made an obvious mistake with Frankie Corrado. Is it going to cost them huge? Uh, I doubt it, to be honest. Like, you know, I'm a big Frankie Corrado fan, but it's not like they gave up Eric Carlson, right? Have you ever heard the Brown M&M story? No. You never heard of that? Okay, so my favorite band is Van Halen. 
Oh, uh, no, keep going. Okay, so my favorite band's Van Halen. And there was a story about them freaking out because somebody put brown M&Ms in their dressing room when they said not to. And they walked away and they never... And they never played that particular performance that night. What a bunch of divas that they'd lose it over brown M&M's. What actually happened was that Van Halen in their tour rider said no brown M&M's for a reason I will get to later. They walked into the arena that particular night that they were supposed to play and their stage had sunk into the floor. Weird, right? Strange. How would that happen? Sunk into, like it sunk broke? into the arena's floor, broke the stage, Oh, destroyed shoot. a bunch of their equipment. Okay. Oh, damn. So Van Halen walked away and said, we're not playing this. We're not doing this. The reason they put no brown M&Ms in their tour rider is because when you send those contracts out, the riders, the specifications for the lighting, the specifications for the stage, you expect that the person receiving that is going to read those to the letter. And if they missed on the brown M&Ms, what else did they miss on? So if the Canucks missed on Frankie Corrado, what else have they missed on? I, you know what? I've never actually heard that story. And True story. David Lee Roth even wrote about it in his uh, autobiography. Did you hear the last episode while you were gone? I haven't heard it yet. No, I haven't had a chance. Would I just... have been the perfect thing to listen to on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. But, I lost uh, the flight to Los Angeles. Oh, uh, okay. I, I believe it's about six All hours, right. if I remember correctly. Listen, I just finally... Oh, it was only an hour and a half, maybe two. Come on, about two hours. Jeez. Seems like you could have listened to it three times. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. Or, Jesse, he could have just listened to it once and spent the other four hours looking at himself in the mirror. Oh, that works as well. And, and dusting off his purple velvet shoes. <laughs> With the Thanksgiving, you know, friggin' buckles. Okay, Quaker all right, listen, buckles. those shoes are fantastic. You guys just don't know what you're talking about. You're right, you're right. I don't know, I don't know fashion. I am not taking fashion advice from you, Mr. Liner Jeans. Okay. Um, are Why? you not a fan of Super Mario? I, sir? I mean, I'm a fan of Super Mario. I just, I'm, you know, I'm not 14, so I probably wouldn't wear them on my chest as much. You know what? <laughs> it's how I feel inside. Is it that you're both Italian? Is that they're a heritage thing? There? That as well. Okay. All right. Says the guy who loves Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually cool, though. <laughs> Is it though? <laughs> so Is wait, you were, gonna, we're going to back Wars? to Frankie Corrado for a second, though. Um, you know, they miss on Corrado. All right. What else are they missing on? Oh, you were about to say, have you listened to the last episode? And I think you were going to go to the point there. Oh, so Sasky <laughs> and and I and Jesse uh, as well. Actually, we we were just talking about like breaking into media, breaking into sports media, and interning and and god and just how it's kind of a god awful it's tough time getting in but you know it can be done it can be done and here's all the things you need to do now there were things you got to be respectful coming up which is hard because when you're young you don't want to be <laughs> mm-hmm. and there were a lot of things uh i was told when i was younger that i knew were irrelevant I knew, I'm like, this isn't that big of a deal. I know it's not a big deal. Why are you making it a big deal that I forgot it this time or didn't pay as close attention to it as, as I could have? The one guy who, who hammered me the hardest was Gino Retta uh, when I worked for him. That guy hammered details. Um, I mean, I wrote scripts for him every week. And I, and I sometimes would hold it against him. Like, what the hell is this guy's problem? And... The reason he did it is because he had high hopes. He did have high hopes. And that's what he told me, and I believe him. Because I saw him with other people, and they would make a mistake, and he wouldn't correct them. Or, well, he'd correct them, but he wouldn't hammer them on it. 
because he expected them to make mistakes. He didn't expect me to make mistakes. Um, and this is basically that. It's attention to detail, boys and girls. So if I can add that to our conversation from last episode, attention to detail. It's very important, especially in a league where asset management is so key. Now, how big of a deal is the Leafs trading Joel Colburn to the Flames for a fourth, a conditional fourth? It's a big deal. It is a big deal. I would say it's not a huge deal, but it ended up being a huge deal. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It is now a huge deal. It resulted in them having to trade for Peter Holland. Now, you might be going, well, what the hell's the problem with that? Peter Holland's great. Peter Holland's fine. But they would have never been in a position where they would have had to give up on a prospect Jesse like Blacker. Jesse Blacker, who luckily for the Leafs didn't work out. And they had to give up, I think it was a second round pick. Oh, that's right. And another thing with that, if Jesse, can you look up the trade and the condition involved with the pick? The Peter Holland trade? Yeah, that was another super annoying thing because there was there was a condition on the pick um, around the amount of games played. And if they had not played him that amount of games, if they had just sent him to the Marlies, they it would have been a third, I think, instead of a second. But Carlisle insisted on, no, we must play this kid for on the, the fourth f- line for four or five minutes a freaking night. Attention to detail. Uh, the draft choices were third in the seventh round, with a third rounder becoming a second round pick should Holland play 25 games with the Leafs. Is that the condition you're speaking about? That is the condition I'm speaking of. Okay. Holy. Go to his, rook- uh, go to his first season with the Leafs. And try to find his game-by-game game log. I realize NHL.com now sucks, and that might be harder to find. Game-by-game game log. I don't, I, we kind of tiptoed here, around it. NHL.com mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah, it's, what it's, the hell did they do to that damn site? They, they NHL'd it. Duh. It was always going to suck. This is what the NHL does. <laughs> Some of the stats are a good thing. Right. Let's make it worse. Oh, no, man. worse. I don't get it. Don't also, get it. you know what fans don't care about? What? Salaries. Don't care about salaries. Don't care about contracts. <laughs> don't care about any of that. And, it's, and, and, oh. and thank goodness... Thank goodness nothing like General Fanager exists. No. Because lame. General Fanager, Cap Friendly. There's another one. There's so many that I forget all the names. You know what else they don't care about? While Jesse's looking up all that stuff? Hockey Night in Cinema in Ottawa. <laughs> okay, so how are, are there spaces left? I haven't checked. <laughs> okay. In a while. No, well, I know over half of them are gone. That's why I haven't holy checked. Holy, really? That's why I haven't checked because I know it's doing well. All right, Hockey Night in Cinema, Ottawa Invasion. This is amazing. Okay, so uh, we got to go to Eventbrite. I'm going to go find tickets. I'll tell you about a funny exchange I had with Panago while we were making this Facebook event. Okay, well, what happened? They they filled out all the fields, and I was like, wow, you guys really know how to write like me. Like, I would have said all of these things, and they're like, we we just copy and paste what you wrote from the last event. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Do you want his game by game log? I would love his game by game log from when he. This is from when he joined the Leafs. Yeah. So he played 39 games with the Leafs that season. Okay. So where does it start with five points? Where does it start with the Leafs, though? Is the only problem. Because it doesn't. If you go over tabs to his hockey DB page, you can see where. Son of a gun. Oh, for the love of Eve. Heavens to Betsy. Well, anyway. Point being, he played a bunch of games, 10 minutes or less. And you could have just, you could have had anyone fill that gap. 
Like, who really cares when the player is playing less than 10 minutes a night? Like, who really cares? It really doesn't matter. It really does. And like how you- don't you, as the general manager, go, actually, this is kind of a big deal, so if you're not going to use them, send them down. Or, if you're not going to use them, I'm yeah, sending but, them down. Yeah, but, Steve, this is the Dave Notice era. Exactly. And the, and the Claude Lazelle era. Exactly. And the Dave Poulin era. Right? Oh, okay. It's so it's sad. it. It <laughs> did say Jesse's. Jesse's making fun of me. So okay, he played. He played a few. He played that acquired here by Leafs, and I totally missed it. I totally completely missed it. I totally completely missed it. Jesse, yeah. thank God for you. Thank you. We would be lost without you, buddy. No, Honestly, I love you. You're the best. All right. Like okay, so there were a few games where he played a decent amount. Eleven forty three in his Leafs debut, whatever. Twelve forty four, thirteen twenty one, eighteen oh eight, or sorry, eighteen oh one. But the reason for that was everyone was hurt. <laughs> All the centers were hurt. Who could have predicted that? Except for everybody, because this is hockey, and sometimes a bunch of players get hurt, and you might need Joel Colburn. Yeah, right. Yeah. Then he played. Look at this. Four fifty five one night. Five forty nine. Three thirty five. Like, did he get hurt in these freaking games? Eight thirty nine, three forty four. Why did he? How much did Colton Orr play that game? You could throw Adam for three minutes on the ice and probably wouldn't yeah. affect the game. And it, it'd probably be fine. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, I'm pretty it'd, bad. It'd be fine though. Like I'm, I'm bad even by rec league standards. Eight fifty two. Holy smokes! He must have had some hustle that night. Oh, I'll tell you why he played eight fifty two that night. Uh, yeah, they lost seven one to New York. So they're like, <laughs> you know what? Let's just run the kids. 4.30. Okay, all right, all yeah, right. You all get right, the right, point. Right, you get right. the freaking point. The point is, Hockey Night and Cinema Auto Invasion is quickly approaching. We are now three weeks away, gentlemen. Hey. How great is that? For my birthday. S- Saturday, March 12th, Steve's birthday, 6 p.m., Ottawa, Ontario, at the Mayfair Theater, which I hear is actually the best theater in Ottawa. You hear it's pretty cool? Yeah, actually from, and I'm and I, I don't. I'm not just making that up. I actually, people have tweeted me and said, that is the best theater in Ottawa. So glad you guys picked that place. Fun fact, we didn't. However, Panago did. <laughs> and that's why Panago's awesome. Um, now, I, I can't even see how many how many tickets are left, but we do know there are tickets left. I want to shout out a couple people on our page. Ryan Pruitt, who's coming from Montreal. Um, wow. That's far. That's cool. Uh, Ian, who's coming from Pembroke, which isn't that far, but still far. Uh, far enough. Eric Pissarro. Driving eight hours from Pennsylvania. You're unbelievable, dude. That's crazy. You're unbelievable. And if anybody wants to carpool, this isn't Uber, but there's uh, somebody who's in the Hamilton slash GTA area on the on the the event. Uh, he's he's like, I have a Honda Pilot. I can seat eight people. Um, Holy smokes! And he said, so I got to figure out how to where to crash in O Town, but filling the car, you know, this could get the cost down to twenty bucks in gas each. So if you want to, you can go on our go on the Hockey Night and Cinema page, uh, which Steve will tweet. After we record this podcast, Steve will tweet this yes, so that people Mom. can find it. Hockey Night in Cinema on Ottawa Invasion. But I just wanted that's amazing that people would drive that far. If you want a carpool, it might be the best way to do it. Always blown away, continually blown away. And it's 81 people who say they're going on the Facebook page. That's just the Facebook page, though. That's just the that's Facebook, Facebook page. page. Yeah. So like, event Eventbrite, uh, the link to Eventbrite is actually in there and it is at six o'clock, goes till nine thirty PM. Um, and I actually think this would be a good one. I mean, obviously, the, there's the Phenof angle. The last angle. one was terrible. You're right. Yeah. Um, Adam, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, like the game. <laughs> Phenof, like the Phenof angle's there. Oh. But you know yes. the Leafs are going to play a little harder. Mm-hmm. Right? But you know what happens before Hockey Night in Cinema? This Saturday. <laughs> we're at the Marley's game. The Marley's! Oh, Dangle Navy and Bay 
information. Dangle Dandy. Yeah. Okay. So people have been tweeting me the sections that they bought tickets in. What section are we in again? We're in 120. Apparently that section sold out. Oh, really? Because of us. I doubt it. It's very, very, very much doubt that it, it is because of us. It might also be because it's in the 100s. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It's, it's all us. You know what? You might want to check out 119 then. Why? Or... Well, because it's right next to it. Oh! <laughs> or 121! Or 121. Maybe 122. You can yell that loud. Yep. Maybe 118! Steve, do you remember the code people can use to get a discount? Yes. Steve Daggle! All yeah, caps, Marley's.ca slash... What? Slash should let me look it up on my phone while we uh, talk. <laughs> so, Steve is so prepared. While I'm stalling... <laughs> look, mother... F- <laughs> while I'm stalling and looking all that shit up, you Hey, Steve, friends. you don't remember that Frankie Corrado story we were going to bring up? No. <laughs> maybe, uh, we should maybe, get those quotes up. Maybe I have something prepared for that. <laughs> maybe we should squirrel all the way back eight days to find those quotes. You know what? I'm going to talk shit about you on <laughs> HTTP colon slash slash www.marleys.ca slash ticketpass.asp. And then use that uh, the code word dangle? How dare you, Adam? Steve Dangle. Okay, Steve Dangle. What, is, what was the slash ASP? www.marleys.ca slash ticketpass.asp. So I don't need an HTTP colon double slash. I don't know, slash, whatever. I don't know. Trial and error, kids. Put in the HTTP yeah. colon slash slash. That's how you get people Trial to go to the website. Trial and error, kids. Hey, if you want to go to this game, you got to earn it. If you want this discount, you got to earn it. Also, I've guessed the website. I don't know what it is. Uh, there were, how many tickets available f- for this, uh, for Hockey Night in Cinema? 300? Yeah. We are down to 97. Whoa. 97 remaining. That's uh, almost about what went to the, the Toronto show. Uh, Yeah, damn near. Holy. Damn near. I wonder if there's anyone fr- who saw the Toronto show who's going to go to the Ottawa one. I assume oh, the people cool. who drove from Ottawa. By the way, <laughs> I got to say this. I got to say this. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, oh, but no. I got to say this. Oh. We have something planned for later in the year, and I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is. See, I don't think you should be talking. But this thing that we have planned. <laughs> I think you should shut up a little bit. I think you should shut oh, up. Oh, okay. So you thought Hockey Night in Cinema was good, and it's great. But it, imagine it, it Hockey Night in Cinema... Uh, that level, but better. That was the coming. worst tease in the history <laughs> no, of like. It's not. I can't I can't, I'm not giving any details. We're taking the dangle. Just, baby. just imagine, imagine the best event that you could think about it in your mind. What would be the best thing that a Steve Dangle podcast event could do? What would be the coolest thing we could do? Okay, now you're ramping it up to now. Imagine three tickets to the Leafs <laughs> in the Stanley Cup Final. No, yes. no, not like that. No, but that's literally the best. That thing is literally do. you talked yeah. about okay, way too, talk, much. So a too little, much. A little less than the best that we could do. <laughs> A lot Make less the than, the best. Podcast a lot again. than the best. <laughs> I'm just so excited for what's coming. Oh my god! It's definitely not the best thing. But Adam Wilde is campaigning oh, to make the, the podcast best. great it's again. It's freaking amazing. It's not the Leafs in the Stanley Cup final. Okay. And then we, we didn't rent out the ACC. <sighs> Here, Yet. I'll, I'll give a Yet, more honest sir. tease. Of all the things that could happen involving the Steve Dangle podcast, it's the best. This is a pretty decent one. There <laughs> we go. <laughs> all right. So, Hockey Night in Cinema, okay. Ottawa Invasion, March 12th. <laughs> sign up and then be looking. Be ready because eventually we're going to have an announcement about the other thing. That is, is just all right. The worst team. It is of all not time. all. Right. How are you downplaying this? It's the best. Anyway, let's do the press conference. The presser. SDP. The Steve Dangle press conference. Should we pick up our pre podcast discussion? What was our pre podcast discussion? We're talking about pots. No. And pans no. No. And you lids. know what? We got to. Here. No. Let's get 
some decent questions out of the way, and yes. then we'll get to the- Okay. So, is Roman Polak worth a first-round pick? Absolutely not. No, Will they I, get a first-round pick? No. Uh, no. I, I know there was that recent report that uh, <laughs> teams are interested in Polak and he could fetch something decent. Um, something decent at the trade deadline usually just means second-round pick. Um, it's the chicken. I'd be pretty stoked with a second-round pick for Roman Polak. I don't know about you. Uh, maybe a third and like a fifth, something like that. Um, not a first. Not a first. You're not going to get a first for Roman Polak. I, I Yeah, I mean, yeah. and if you do, good for you. Uh, but if I'm Lou Lamorello, conversation starts at a first-round pick. Uh, maybe. Because you're Lou Lamorello. Hey, teams lose their mind at the trade deadline, and teams lose their mind for right-handed defensemen. Why wouldn't you start high? Why not? God, Lou Lamorello is such a snake, but he's our snake! Dude, I, guys, I love him. The did best. you guys know they announced the uh, roster time releases for the World Cup? Uh, I had heard, but I did not read it. <laughs> what are they? So on March 2nd, they're going to release the rosters for each team. Uh, they're going to do them throughout the day, so Russia is being released at 2 a.m. Camp rosters, obviously. Uh, they're going to announce final rosters of at least 16 players. And then wow. after that, that seems kinda, irresponsible. It's okay. kind of just, let's compete for the rest of the spot, spots. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you care? Is the question. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Be- I I just I really hope Team Other wins. <laughs> They're Team North America. No, no. Isn't there? Oh, a, the isn't other? there a Team Rest of team Europe? Europe. Team, team no. Europe. There's Team Rest of Europe and Team uh, North America, but not all of them. Yeah, Team Under Twenty Three, right? Mm-hmm. It's. Uh, I so really silly. want there. Honestly, there should be a Team Plus Thirty Five. There should be a Plus Thirty Five team would be fucking cool. I mean, like, really, I, I, I almost caught myself there because I thought we were on the radio. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but it would. It would be so cool. I was oh, The Roby Daw led. <laughs> I had a really good idea for another team the other day. Oh, what was it? Ah, I forget. Team retired. All retired players. Would they win a game? Probably. I bet you they would beat some of Europe. Listen, some of Europe's going to be good. There is. Some That's of my Europe team. is going to be pretty I, good. I'm that, you know what? I'm putting my... That, some of Europe... That's Wild's team going into the res- <laughs> I'm team team some of Europe. Okay. Can you imagine? Yo, it's at the Air Canada Center. Yeah, we should go. Isn't Kopitar going to be on that team? Oh, he's he might even be captain of some of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so I I'm okay with that. Imagine if we were at the ACC and we got all the podcast it, you know dicks together oh. and we just some of Europe. Europe. Some of Europe. <laughs> All right, all right. So that's what we need to do. Everybody save their pennies now because tickets will be a thousand bucks. Yeah. But <laughs> yo, sh- oh yeah, I did forget that little chestnut. Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe we'll just go to a bar. <laughs> maybe we just do that. So Tampa's currently out of a playoff spot. <laughs> maybe we don't spend Tampa money on that. Tampa is currently out of a playoff spot. Hmm. If they miss the playoffs, how does that sway Stamkos's decision? I don't think it changes anything. I think no matter what they do, they're they're in. They're in tough. I don't know how you resolve this sort of situation. I mean, it. I guess it depends on how far out. Mm-hmm. They can't be that far out. A couple points. No, they're tied with Pittsburgh, actually, but they lose on the tiebreaker. Oh, good God. Yeah. See, this is... By the, the way, I think Pitt won tonight. <gasps> Did they? They were playing, but it, yeah, I didn't see that. I think they were yet. playing Detroit. Oh, my God. Okay, well, here. I I'll hope look, they won. I'll look that up first yeah, before I look at the standings. Uh, Pittsburgh at the end of the second period against Detroit. Up 4-2. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, my honorary team this year. Uh, so Tampa, yes, is tied with Pittsburgh. Now, here is the rub because it is tight. Carolina, by the way, two points back of uh, Tampa with one more game played. Okay. Okay. Uh, Philly is only four points back. Uh, but Pittsburgh has 64 points. New Jersey is in the top wild card spot with 65. Here's the rub. New Jersey has played 58 games, while Pittsburgh has only played 55. Tampa has only played 56. Carolina, 57. Philly, 56 as well. Hey. hey. It is a tight race in the Eastern Conference, my friend. Um, you didn't answer the question. Uh, Eisenman already said, listen, leave me alone. <laughs> I love when GMs release the listen, leave me alone press release. He's not going anywhere. Stop calling. Yeah. I don't, I, even th- I don't think Jimmy Drummond's going anywhere either. Jimmy Drummond. Yeah, that story just went away. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. I agree. Agree. I agree. And the other weird thing is, has he played? Uh, I'm guessing not. No, he hasn't come back. No, he's done. What a terrible career move. And this is the, the worst thing that could have happened to him is he gets out of the spotlight entirely. I haven't heard a word about Jonathan Drouin in almost a month. Um, the other thing that we, I don't know if you guys mentioned it, but oh, you probably did. I, I asked you this, Jesse, the Evander Kane stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> I said to Jesse last show, I'm like, uh, he's become my least favorite player to talk about. Because like... I hate seeing a player fail that stupidly. Well, it's like, have we had this exact same discussion before? Yeah. Are we probably going to have it again? Like, if he does it again, are we going to have to have this conversation again? Or are we going to be surprised? Well, yeah. no. Like, do we need to talk about stories that don't surprise us? <laughs> no, I guess not, because then they're not stories. You know what I mean? Then like, they're it's patterns. Just, it's boring to me. And it's just like, it's upsetting because, like, he doesn't need to be late. He doesn't need to be late. He's got all the talent in the world. Martin Biron, I, think, I thought, brought up a, a good point. Buffalo brought him on board as a core player, like to be a core player with their team, uh, going forward, like w- when the players on that team reach their prime, Sam Reinhart, Jack Eichel, I don't think he's going to be in the top line conversation. Well, he might be part of the conversation, but what are what are Kane's points this year, Jesse? He's got something like, I think he might have had an injury or two, but he's got, I think, 16 goals, which is all right. Uh, he's no Leo Komarov, though. 16 goals, 8 assists. 8 assists? 24 points. 24 points. Oof. He wouldn't be first on the Leafs in scoring. He wouldn't be second, third, or fourth. The last time Evander Kane scored over 19 goals was 2011-2012. Wow. And this is a guy who, I know it doesn't matter that much, but in the lockout shortened season, when he went to the KHL, stunk there too. And I think he lasted 9 games. He lasted 12. 12 games. And he had one goal and one assist. Stunk there and he bailed. And he was a minus eight. Partway through because he was just not digging it. Now, I mean, there are stories, you know, KHL stories, Mm -hmm. that it's not always the greatest there, but didn't dig it there. I don't know, man. Like, it's just, I don't know. People think you pick on him, so okay, fine. I don't want to talk about him at all. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, he's not, and he's also not the first player to do it, not the last. Eh. Next question. Bear on Ice is a little skeptical. He wants to know, 
What makes you so confident that this Marlies team can transition into NHL, into the NHL with the same level of success they've had in the minors? I don't think we've ever said that. No, I don't think anyone has said they'll uh, win 80% of their games when they hit the <laughs> NHL. They have I think their point percentage is something like... They're so far ahead of the next team in the AHL, it's hilarious. I'm not even saying that every top player on their team... Like, every top player on their first lines will play 100 games in the NHL. No, and it's the AHL. It is. Like, people keep yelling and screaming for TJ Brennan to get called up to the Leafs. You know what? I would love to see what he's got in the uh, NHL. I hope he stays in the AHL just because I want the Marlies to really contend for the Calder Cup. And he's I, he's like one of the league's leading scorers as a D-man. Unbelievable. Really, I want him to stay there. But he is not going to be the league's leading scorer if he starts with the Leafs next year. Mark Arcabello is not going to score it over a point a game in the NHL. Probably. Um, you you know, mean Arca Beauty? Arca Beauty. William Nylander, I think, will be a star in this league. But it's going to take a couple of years for him to score at the, over a point a game that yeah. he's scoring in the American As Hockey it did league. with Johnson, Palat, and Kucherov. Josh yeah. Levo mm-hmm. is not an NHL All-Star. He's an AHL All-Star. Yeah. You know? As is Mike Koska. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Mike Koska so, is was on the AHL All Star team. Yep. So there are lots of players. You need. I mean, you got to do a lot of different things. Mitch Marner not on the Marlies, going to be a key part of the Leafs' f- future. Uh, Brendan Leipzig. But I don't probably, expect him to be a star, but I expect him to be a contributor on the Leafs, and that's what it's about. Marner will probably skip the Marlies because there's no way they're sending him back to the O again next year. No, that would make no sense. Like you can't. You can't. No, he's a great example. I think if the Leafs like had their way. He'd go to the Marlies. Um, he'd go to the Marlies, but he can't. You know what? The, you know what teams need to start doing to circumvent this is getting minor league affiliates in Sweden or Finland and sending their There's players. There's got to be some way that they can't do that. Hmm. There's got to be now, Mike. The weird thing with Austin Matthews, like I mean, he'll he, play. In that the was NHL. his choice. He just left. He'll play in the NHL next year, but because he played in Europe, he could go to the A. I think you're right because. On the uh, central scouting rankings, I think he's listed as a European skater. He is. Yeah. So strange. So freaking weird, dude. If I were him, that's what I would do. A, you get paid like a man. You actually get paid. Like a grown-up. Like a grown-up. But then you have to leave your family. You got to go live in Europe, and you're like 18 years old. Oh, you have to go live in Sweden. Oh, boy. You know, the number one country... In the world uh, to I live think in. it's Switzerland. Oh, so, oh, okay, number two country in the world to live in. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't feel bad. I mean, yeah, it's tough, but that's an adventure of a lifetime. Dude, I make 400 grand playing hockey in Switzerland. I'll fly my parents out here if I feel yeah. homesick. You guys, it's so much more fun to play for the Erie Otters, let's be honest here. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. Yeah, when you, especially when you got to go stay a night in Flint. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta drink that water. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so so messed up. Anyway. It is. It's awful. By the that is awful. That entire situation. I've been following it on World Star Hip Hop, which is where I get my news. Apparently. <laughs> Wait, what have you bad. seen on World Star Hip Hop about that? Uh, they interviewed uh, some. They they interviewed a lady who lives in Flint. Uh, I guess some guys who were just traveling through town. And the, the messed up thing isn't just that their water's poisoned. It's unfit to drink. They're still getting bills for it. <laughs> yeah. And and this lady explained in the video that basically if you don't pay your water bill, uh, they can technically, I think, condemn your home. 
And under certain circumstances, like if you live in a place that's unfit to live, which a condemned home would be, there are certain situations where you could technically, uh, you could potentially have your kids taken away from you. But you know, what kills me about the whole Flint situation is it's not just that the water's bad. It's that nothing is being done about the water being bad. It's like, no, we're going to live with this. And (laughs) oh, what? Oh, I don't, this might not have been World Star. It might have been Reddit. You know who I saw say that Flint is just the tip of the iceberg and this is going to start happening more and more in the States? Aaron Brockovich. Whoa. Aaron, well, who, by the way, is a real life person. Yes. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really surprised. No, I mean, a lot of people don't actually know the, that. The, the problem is the infrastructure, and not to get too deep into that, infrastructure is failing. How many bridges? What do they say? 70% of bridges in the States are unsafe. Yeah. Seven zero percent. See, some people listening to this, you can't just say that into a microphone, man. No, I'm. I have. Okay, Jesse, Google it. Google it right Dude, now. Some guy, sometimes Adam says things. I think it was it was Colbert that was saying it. Um, I, I can't even. I can't even. I'm not even going to say exactly what was said to me, but a long time ago, there was a guy who inspected rides, like like roller coasters, and I spoke to him. And I, and I asked him about it, and I wish I never did because I can't enjoy roller coasters anymore because I can barely go on them. I went on the London Eye in England, which is like the world's biggest but also slowest Ferris wheel. Okay. And I was clinching the bottom. <laughs> I was clinching the seat. I was scared to death because of what I heard. Okay, here's what it is. <laughs> 61,000 American bridges are structurally deficient, and that is as of... April 1st, 2015. Jesus, Murphy, dude, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. I don't need to hear this, man. You know how many people are listening to this right now on a bridge? (laughs) In the States? Like, you know that, right? Nearly 87% of these, sorry, yeah, 87% of these bridges are heavily crossed uh, and were built before 1970. I don't need to hear Over 5,000 of them are in the state of Pennsylvania. 5,000 in Iowa. You know how many people are driving on a bridge yeah. in Pennsylvania right hey, now? Hey, our friend from PA yeah. who's going to come up for Hockey Night and Cinema. You know, if we, got, <laughs> if we got rid of some people from, from Philadelphia, would it be such a bad thing? Wow! Jeez, By the way, is Jesse, this person... Dude, you were like, <laughs> what are you saying, man? <laughs> just I didn't... a couple of Eagles fans. If they just... I thought I did a show with a guy named Jesse. Evidently, I do a show with Bill Burr. I had no idea. He's, that's one of his signature question? bits. Is we just need people to slowly start going away. There's too many people, <laughs> and like we need to get it down to like a core of like three or four hundred people. Imagine like everyone could buy it, like drive around a tank. Everyone could go to the Super Bowl. It'd be great. <laughs> in in 2007 in Minneapolis, a uh, bridge collapsed and 13 people died. Oh, oh, thanks, man. What did you Google to find that? <laughs> that's a really bad one. Actually, I saw that. That's really yeah. Oh. Mm. The Awful. whole, it's like, it's a whole highway. In like, oh, oh. So anyway, I got my news from Worldstar. What were we even talking about? Um, uh, there was a question about the 2014 <laughs> draft. Oh, let's 2014 So draft? we're always talking about the guys from this past draft. Marner, Bracco, Nielsen. Yeah. yeah. What about the guys who are not named Nylander from 2014? Now, this was the thing, because I was actually at the draft, and I'm trying to remember who the Leafs got, Jesse. That was the sweaty draft, Jesse. (laughs) That was the sweaty (laughs) draft. (laughs) You son of a bitch. In Philadelphia, believe it or not. (laughs) Actually, mm, mm, 
They actually did all right there. Now they didn't have a second round pick. Was it's... that the Gauthier pick? No, that was twenty thirteen. That was like a what? Ooh, <laughs> ooh. They did not. Ooh. Actually, no, that wasn't a bad draft. I okay. So Frederick Gauthier in the first round, that wasn't a sweet pick. We'll get to twenty fourteen after I talk about twenty thirteen. Gauthier, uh, he's in the A. Don't know if he'll ever make the NHL. We'll see. Carter Verhage, who was one of the throwaways in the Michael Grabner trade, although he may not end up being a throwaway. He was quite a good scorer in junior. Fabrice Herzog, which uh, I don't even think the LeafsNation.com put him in their top 20 Leaf prospects. And then Antoine Bibo, who currently speaking is the Leafs' third goalie. It's not bad. He's beat out Garrett Sparks for the time being. And uh, Andreas Johnson, who, by the way, we talk about how awesome the guys in the Marlies are, and then I mentioned Mitch Marner as a guy in junior. Andreas Johnson in Europe, I think is going to knock our socks off. I think he's going to be great. And they got him in the seventh round. 2014, William Nylander in the first round. Current Toronto Marley from the third round, Renat Valiev. This is 2014? This is 2014. Will he ever play in the NHL? That's the question. Uh, the other the other question there, the big one, he's scoring at over a point per game in the OHL this year. J.J. Pichinich, one of the most entertaining hockey names I can think of. Uh, it's a maybe. Dakota Joshua is another guy who right here is, is doing all right in the USHL. Uh, Nolan Vesey is an interesting one. Uh, is he Jimmy Vesey's brother? Yeah, <gasps> Jimmy Vesey, whose father works for the, yes. and could be one of the black got a black sheep standouts from college hockey. Black aces works for the. You never finished your sentence. Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, there you go. Sorry, it's the scouting uh, department. Now Nolan Vesey is a forward, and it's on Hockey DB. It says in thirty games this year for uh, U of Maine, he's got six points. So I'm not totally. Sure, he'll ever make the NHL, but his brother's supposed to be pretty good. And then Pierre Engvall, who I haven't heard anything about, so I don't know. Maybe he'll turn out. So, draft grade? Dra- Outside of Nylander? Mm. How many NHLers we have? I mean, one for sure. And then, I think any draft, if you get two regular NHLers out of it, you did all right. You can't. Okay. You, it's hard to say it was a bad draft. Unless, of course, you screw up your first round pick. By the way, I just want to say this. It's 10% of bridges in the states that are structurally deficient, Almost not 10%. 70. Where the f... What the hell, I just hell, wanted man? to say like, that. I was off by like bad. 50%, but it was the... it was 60%. The, okay, whatever. Uh, but <laughs> it was the it was the the number that I got. It was It's something like... It's between... Depending upon what source you look at, because I've been looking it up, it's anywhere from 58,000 to 70,000 bridges. So for everyone who just pulled over... You're uh, okay. You, you can get back on the road now. Well, unless you live in Pennsylvania or Iowa. Oh, in that case, yeah, you're going to die. Yeah, 5,000. You're, you're right. Or if you're Holy Flint, mackerel! Drink the water. Or if you're in Flint, don't drink the water. Yeah. Steve. You know... <laughs> what? If someone cut the top off a bell pepper and, and filled it with beer or water, would you drink out of it? No, because then the then the seeds would come out. Steve. It's like a gross pumpkin. Steve. We've been through this before. The inside of a bell pepper looks like the inside of the of the of the flood infected covenant ship from Halo 3. Steve. I don't get that. Okay. If you And it probably smells like it too. If it was guaranteed that the Leafs would win the Stanley Cup. Ah! 
Would you eat a raw bell pepper every day for a year? <laughs> <laughs> including <laughs> including the stem. If a child in no. need got fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Steve's a bad person. And we went to Dundas Square, and you ate a bell pepper. I would get a third, fourth, and fifth job to pay the fifty grand myself. Okay, dude, bell peppers are disgusting. Adam, did you see the video of me trying to eat a tiny piece of bell pepper yeah. recently? You just went bleh, bleh, You didn't even bleh. get a good try. Uh, last <laughs> question: um, At what point does a pan become a pot? Which oh. was what we talked about before the show began. Oh. And this is what I'm saying. Okay, so explain why a pan is not a pot. And why are you bringing because- this up? Is this on our Reddit page? Yeah, somebody else. Okay, this is where topics Jesse, spiral. Jesse this is was, rabbit hole. Jesse was passionately saying that a pan can never be a pot, even if it has a lid. Why? Well, the argument is that once it needs a lid, it becomes a pot. But you totally put lids on pans. So what? where's the argument there? So you can put a lid on a pan and a pot, or yeah. is a pan just a pot? Could it be called a flat pot? No. Why? <laughs> I don't have a distinction between them. You know what, guys? Seventy percent of the bridges in the United States are stretched division. <laughs> Seventy, ten percent, something like that. You know, anywhere between ten and seventy. The water in Flint is drinkable. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going. Now. What I said was, there's a theory out there that I've heard of called the DeVito Shack Theory. So, they, uh, you know how archaeologists have all these different distinctions for, like, our human ancestry? So, there's the Homo hedonculus, whatever, human, and there's the Homo sapien, and then there's the Neanderthal, and there's all these, like, tiny little subsections of uh, human ancestry. But then one of the theories is, well... Danny DeVito and Shaquille O'Neal are both human beings. Mm-hmm. One is a like a five foot tall Italian man, and the other is Shaq. Is it possible that all those little subsections of human ancestry are just I don't know humans that look a little different? That's all. Now apply that to pots and pans because both have lids, both cook things, both have handles. We have. They're, they're just. They're just. I. I think there's flat pots and there's less flat pots. We have established a difference, though. When it is flat, it becomes a pan. Why when does it, it become is... a pan when it's flat? Because also, there are pans that aren't entirely flat. What pan have you ever used that's entirely flat? It's, not, it's, uh, it's, it's got a griddle. Hello. It's yeah. got. A grill is a grill. It's not a pan. Is oh, a grill? Is a grill a pot? We got <laughs> a griddle. I'm talking about like oh, the, the yeah, heat like, up griddles. What, why couldn't that a be a pan? They don't have a lip. A pan, yeah, they a do. Pan they, comes they, up. they have grease. That's what I mean. They have a tiny little that's lip. A, Why can't they be a trap? It's not a lip. It's not. It's not a. Well, up, what makes it's it not a, an upward curvature? Well, what, it's a downward. Then, what, what is a a lip then? A lip is okay. A, why Adam, picture okay, a freaking pan, Steve? Is your pan flat? Like when you pour things into it, does stuff just pour out, Steve? Because there's because there's nothing holding it in. Why? Okay, if if you're saying that the griddle, that's not that's a trap, not a lip. What do you think the point of the lip on the pan or the pot is? Okay. It is to trap. I, I, have, I have a thing in my house okay. that I often cook things in. It's gray. It's got a handle. Um, it's, I would say the depth of it is about, th- about, about, about my fist. About four fingers, okay? About, 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 about,
Look how deep that is. It's deep, son. Now, I would call it a pan. <laughs> but I also use it as a pot because you can keep plenty of stuff in it. And it has a hood. Uh, a hood. A lid. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> And it wears a toque to work. And it wears a toque. <laughs> it's a joke. And it does well in the <laughs> permafrost. No, but they're two distinct No, no, wait, wait, why? What is the thing that I just referenced? Is it a pot or a, a pan? I would call it a pan. I would call it a saucepan. A saucepan is different than a pot. Now, okay. The depthness of your object determines whether it's a pan or a pot. How shallow it is. What's what? Are, what's the inches sl- then? Once you, re- uh, I haven't measured all of the pots. And we pans need a in the distinction. World. Once you reach a certain shallowness, it becomes a, pa- a pot, pan or a pot. I can't talk to. You. So, so Olympic swimming pools and the plastic one I have in my backyard—they're just they're the same. Um, there are pools. Yes. Why are those both pools? Because in the kitchen, usually for professional chefs, pots and pans, they serve different purposes. Usually use pots for soups and lots of liquid um, cuisine. Pans are used for cooking without liquids, usually oil. When you're frying things. Absolutely untrue. When you're frying things. You've never poached an egg, sir. When you're frying things, you usually use a pan. When I poach eggs in a pan, you put wa- water in it, you yes. boil it, you put an egg in it. You don't need as much water as a pot would take. What's the well, amount of water? Here's what I, I, do- I Like I said, I haven't measured all of the pots and pans. Now, in the does this mean I have a pan belly? Because I'm okay with that. <laughs> now, I'm I'm just, now, how shallow is your belly? Now, I'm, just being a, uh, I'm just being a dick here. I, and the reason I did that is to ask you this. After all of that, why is a hot dog a sandwich then? We've established that it is. We've, a it's a different thing. That's a completely different discussion. Why is it a different discussion? Because that's that's um, we're talking about pots and pans, uh, 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 which are two different things. They are not under. Why one, are they two different? They're things? They're not under one umbrella. The sandwich umbrella contains what? hot dogs. There's the pot and the pan don't fall under one umbrella. What if just all things you cook things with are just under one umbrella? That's ridiculous. How are pots and pans not in the same umbrella, but so, uh, hot dogs and sandwiches aren't? Because a toaster isn't a pot. It's something you cook with, but it's not a pot. A sandwich can be a hot dog. A pan is not different enough from a pot. It, it, a pan, I would argue that a pan is different to a pot. The same way that a hot dog is different to a sandwich. No, because they're two distinct things. There's no umbrella. A hot dog is definitely, before this stupid fucking question ever came to be, no one ever called a hot dog a sandwich. Yeah, they did. Some dude who was baked off his ass was like, yo, why don't we call hot dog sandwiches? And then he, his buddy started bleeding out the ears. And ever since, he's just been asking anyone who will listen. And he was right. We should call it a sandwich because it is, but we don't call a pot a pan. You wouldn't. Take, no one calls a hot dog a sandwich until recently. You wouldn't take a pa- a pot and call it a pan. It doesn't make sense. But you can take a hot dog and you can find the category of sandwich and stick it in there. 
You can find you, a pan and make it a category of pot. No, you can't. Why not? It's a distinct object. Why that is has it a, a distinct, distinct object? Name. You put it on the oven. You can boil things in it. You can you can heat things in it. You, you can fry things in a pot. You can, but it's a different object. That is a different purpose. I a hot say- dog falls under an umbrella of sandwich. You have uh, different types of sandwiches. Are boots shoes? Yes. It's the same way a hot dog is a sandwich. So high, so high top shoes are boots. Yeah, if you think about it, yeah, why not? <laughs> you not seeing no, the but similarity. What? What's the what's the umbrella of pots and pans? Things you put on a stove that can that, contain what, things. What's the name of that? It does, that would be sandwich. stove things. See, that's not a thing. Is that in the dictionary? Stove thing. Stoveware. That's not in the dictionary. It might be. I'm sorry, it Steve. It might be. Adam, look it up. I'm sorry, Steve. Adam's even wearing a Gordon Ramsay shirt. But, look look it up, sir. The black but, v-neck is the Gordon Ramsay shirt. Well. Also the Simon Cowell shirt. Also the theater kid shirt. Well, that's good, because I have kind of a soft body, too. I <laughs> just like them. Adam, look up the fucking thing. I believe, look up the fucking sofa and pots and pads. I believe kitchenware might be a thing. No such is thing. Uh, cookware. But no cookware. such thing as stoveware. Cookware is a thing. Cookware. So now, pot- what is cookware, Adam? Pots and What's pans. What's the definition of cookware? A spoon could be a cookware, right? Is a spoon no, a pot? No, a spoon is cutlery. Okay, then I'm wrong there. Cookware. Pots, pans, or dishes mm. for cooking food. And you know what? I'm going to do something. Now, now can you cook food in a dish, though? Is a plate a it's pot? C- okay, no, hold on. Hold on. Dictionary definition, guys. According to Google, at least. So if you're looking this up in the Oxford Dictionary, don't hate tweet me. Screw off. Um, I love you. I disagree. You do it anyway. <laughs> Pot. A container typically rounded or cylindrical and of ceramic ware or metal used for storage or cooking. That Number sounds two definition. an awful lot like the thing I make uh, sausage penne in, which it, is a pan. Any of various containers made for a particular purpose. So what, a Tupperware is a pot? Or no, a Tupperware is cookware? I guess at one point it was. Here's the thing. Goddamn. Pan, a container made of metal and used for cooking food in. Two, a person's face. <laughs> what? I don't know why Google defines it as that, but I, I do want to bring face. this up. If okay, I was going to say, Steve, is that face in can French? I, can I read something as well? Hold on, hold on. on. Steve, is your argument, just give me one sec, is your argument that pots and pans are the same thing? I do not believe the pots and pans are the same thing. However, what? I'm just trying to piss Jesse off because I think <laughs> pots and pans, I think it's the same argument as hot dogs and sandwiches. It's Jesse. So is so, it your so argument? What are you arguing? So hold on, Jesse. <laughs> they're Jesse, the same fucking thing. Are you arguing, Jesse, that pots and pans are the same thing? No, they're different things. So you're both arguing that pots and pans are different things? No. I'm arguing that they are. Okay, let me just... Just because I think differently doesn't mean I have to argue that way. So what That's a... the first lesson of debate, sir. So, Steve... Politicians do it all the fucking would, time. Would, we then, never would we then change the name to Flower Pan? What? Flower Pot? No, because that kind of pot is different from the cooking kind of pot. You've never cooked anything in a pot you keep a plant in. <laughs> 
Just they just both also, happen to be called a pot. Also, I was looking at the Flint water crisis. Um, <laughs> why? <laughs> because I couldn't stand that shows listening how to this. Invested that was I think you're both we fucked. We could have been done to half be an honest. Hour <laughs> <laughs> I think you're both completely fucked for even talking about this. So that's why I looked up the Flint water crisis, and I just thought I'd let you know that it, it happened because they decided to take water from the Flint uh, River rather than the Detroit. Uh, the Detroit River and Lake Huron, um, and it culminated in heightened levels of lead. Between 6,000 and 12,000 children have ex- been exposed to drinking water with high levels of lead, and it didn't come directly because f- they, had, they had a cleaner in the river, apparently. But the, the, what happened was the river corroded the lead pipes that were, they were using. And Wait, so, sorry, sorry. So, they were using lead pipes to keep out the lead? Well, okay, so they have something that takes in the water from the river. That thing, the treatment plant cleans it up. So they tested it there, and they're like, well, we can't find lead there. But then, for some reason, the minerals in the water ate away at the lead pipes. This is how I'm understanding it, anyway, from Wikipedia. In the in the time the two seconds that I've had while you guys were (laughs) science with that and and then it went into the water system and then. Nobody acknowledged it until Governor Snyder issued an apology to citizens and promised to fix the problem and later sent $20 million to $28 million to Flint for supplies, medical care, and infrastructure upgrades. That was in 2015. It still hasn't changed anything. And, and people uh, are still getting fucking bills. Yeah. It's bananas. Governor Dan Snyder. And by the Snyder, way, um, do you know what Washington lead poisoning Red. does? <laughs> do you know what lead poisoning does to you? Uh, poisons you. Um, it is toxic to the following organs. Heart, bones, intestines, kidneys, reproductive, and nervous systems interferes with the development of the nervous system and is particularly toxic to children, potentially causing learning and behavioral disorders. Symptoms include, ready? Severe abdominal pain, confusion, headache, amnesia, irritability, and in severe cases, seizure, coma, and death. And they ended with death. I guess that is the ultimate close. I feel like I'm, wow. Anyway, so that's, so I just wanted to let... I wanted our listeners to actually learn something rather than listen to you two hooligans oh. go at it over whether a pot is a pan. Th- that's right. Adam Wilde. <laughs> the, the, Let the me just come in and save the podcast. Great patron of education. <laughs> Wait, how Seven many between 10 and 70 it's, it's, just, it's just such a shame that it's just such a shame that he didn't live very long because he died giving this speech on a bridge that had a 70% chance of collapsing during his speech. I don't know why well, he did It's because I was in Pennsylvania and or Iowa. Okay. And or Iowa. And or Flint. By the way, how did, Iowa is not a big state. Comparatively speaking, how does it have 5,000 bridges? I know there's people from Iowa who listen to this show. They have tweeted us. And all of them, even though they're from that fine place, are going, I I don't fucking know, man. Who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Talk about hockey, you freaking idiots. (laughs) You assholes. Anyway, we'll be back next Tuesday. Wait. If a fork is made of gold, God, is it still silver? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.